In the previous Mishnah, we saw one ramification of the difference between a neder and a shavua. A neder, as we have seen a couple of times already, is a prohibition on the item. The one needs to ensure that something is not done with the item. Whereas a shavua is an isr gavra, it's a prohibition on the man doing something. So we saw in the previous Mishnah that if somebody makes a shavua on something intangible, an action such as speaking, so if it's a shavua then it's valid, if it's a neder then it's invalid. Although we did see that midyabon on it's forbidden, but according to the strict letter of the law, a neder on something intangible is not valid. This Mishnah continued to discuss more ramifications between a neder and a shavua. If somebody says, That which I don't eat of yours is a carbon on me. So of course that doesn't really have any significance, because he didn't talk about what he will eat from his friend. What he doesn't eat, he can put as much prohibition as he likes. What happens if he says, And the Gemara explains that we're talking about someone who actually said, By the life of the carbon, I'm not going to eat that which belongs to you. Making a neder by the life of a carbon is meaningless. It doesn't make sense, that's not what people would do, and therefore again it has no effect. If he says, That which I don't eat of yours should not be a carbon, which implies that that which he is going to eat of his is going to be like a carbon. So here I can really hear him making a neder. Nevertheless, in all of these cases, mutar is permitted, and the reason for the last case is because our Mishnah is according to Rabbi Meir, who does not hold of the rule of The rule of means that if somebody says something, you can imply the opposite. So if he said, that which I don't eat of yours is not going to be a carbon, I can imply from there, and I can hear within his words that he is saying that that which I do eat it should be considered a carbon. However, according to Rimeyer, we do not say this rule of and therefore the neder would not be valid. Then what happens if he says, A shavua that I won't eat anything which belongs to you. A shavua on that which I eat of yours. And the Gemara explains, we're talking about a scenario where it's clear that he wants to make a shavua not to eat it. And so we hear in his words, that he means to say that that which I eat of yours should be under a shavua. Or if he says, That which I don't eat of yours should be prohibited by a shavua. So again over here, it implies that that which I do eat of yours should be forbidden by a shavua. So I would think that in this last case, since we're going according to Meir, that we do not say the rule of that the shavua would be invalid. But the Mishnah says, Osur, he is forbidden and the shavua is valid. Why is that? Surely Meir does not hold of the rule of So the Gemara explains that specifically regarding shavuas, Reb Meir agrees that we do say the rule of and the difference is learnt from Pesukim. Reb Meir learns from Pesukim that anything which is talking about items, we do not say So that means that if we're talking about the man, for example, in a Shavua, even Reb Meir agrees that we do say the rule of Now the Mishnah says, This is the stringency of Shavuas over Nadarim. Now the Gemara notes that this is not really called a stringency. In one case it's forbidden, whereas by Nadarim it's permitted. So why is the Mishnah saying it's more strict? That implies that in both cases it's forbidden, just in one case it's more stringent. But in the case of our Mishnah, when it comes to Nadarim, it's totally permitted. So the Gemara explains that this statement is actually going back on the previous Mishnah, where we learnt that a Shavua, or a Neder, on a intangible thing, on an action, is forbidden. However, when it comes to a neder, it's only forbidden with Rabbonon. So now it makes sense to say that one is more strict than the other. They're both prohibited, but one is forbidden with Rabbonon, one is forbidden with Eraisa. So the Gemara explains that this statement which says that Shavuos are more strict than Adorim is referring to the case of the previous Mishnah. 
On the other hand, where do we see that there is a stringency of Nadarim over Shavuos? Ketzad. What would the case be? If somebody makes a neder against making a sukkah, or lulav shani noitel, shaking a lulav, tefillin shani meniach, putting on tefillin, in these cases, banadorim osur. If he makes a neder, then indeed it would be forbidden to perform that mitzvah. Bashavuois mutter, on the other hand, if he made a shavuah not to perform the mitzvah, then the shavuah is invalid, and he will be permitted and in fact obligated to fulfill the mitzvah. Why? Because there is a rule, she'inishboin lavra la mitzvahs. One cannot make a shavuah to go to transgress an avera. The Gemara explains that at Har Sinai, when we accepted the Torah, we made a shavuah to keep all of the Torah. So we already made a shavuah to put on tefillin, effectively. So if he makes an opposite shavuah later on, he hasn't got the power to get rid of the previous shavuah. There's already a shavuah obligating him to do the opposite. So the next shavuah is totally invalid and has no effect. Alright, so why is it different when it comes to a neder? The answer is because of the difference in shavuah and a neder. Since a neder is not talking about the man, rather it is prohibiting the object, so it's true that the man has already obligated himself to put on tefillin. But all he's doing now is placing a prohibition and making the object of the tefillin forbidden. So in terms of the object, he's not going against the mitzvah. And then once the neder is already valid, he won't have a way of fulfilling the mitzvah. And so that is one stringency of nedarim over shavuos. Mishnah Gimel, another stringency of nedarim is that yesh neder b'soich neder, which literally means there is a neder within a a neder. And that means that there is a particular case of a certain type of neder, as the Mishnah will explain, where even if one has already made that neder, if he makes it again, the, the exact same neder, then it will obligate him again. Whereas vein shavuah b'soich shavuah, there is no shavuah within a shavuah, meaning if somebody made a shavuah, not to do something, and then he makes the exact same Shavuah again, so there is no significance in the second Shavuah because it's already forbidden, and therefore the second Shavuah is invalid, and only the first one remains. Ketzad, how so? What are the cases? So when it comes to a, ne- a neder, we're talking about a very specific neder, and that is a nozir. A nozir is somebody who makes a neder to accept upon himself the prohibitions of a nozir. There are three main prohibitions, not to drink wine or anything which comes from grapes, not to cut his hair and not to become Tommy from a dead body. And the way one becomes a Nazir is by making a neder. So if somebody says, Omar, if he said, Harini Nazir im Oichal, I am going to become a Nazir. He declares, I am a Nazir if I eat a loaf of bread, makes a condition, and then he says again, Harini Nazir im Oichal, I am a Nazir if I eat a piece of bread. Vo'achal, and he ate that piece of bread. He is liable to be a Nazir for each one of the times that he said he would be a Nazir. And we'll explain this in a moment. But if somebody says he makes a shavua not to eat something, and again he makes a shavua not to eat that same thing, if he then eats it, he is only liable for having violated one shavua. Now first, it should be noted that the case of Nazir, the same would apply if he doesn't say, Im oichal, if I eat. Even if he says, Hareini Nazir, Hareini Nazir, the same would apply. We just spoke about a case of eating to fit in with the last part of the Mishnah. But the same would apply even without the condition. Now what is the reason for the difference? So the part of the Mishnah which is understood is when it comes to Shavua. If I already said I can't eat it, I'm already, I'm already obligated not to eat it. There's no significance in my second Shavua. The entire concept of, of a Shavuah is something which obligates me. If I'm already obligated, then the second Shavuah is invalid. However, when it comes to being a Nazir, the halacha is if somebody says I'm going to be a Nazir, and he does not specify the amount of time that he's going to be a Nazir. 
the halach is, he is a nozer for 30 days. And because of that, if somebody says twice, I'm going to be a nozer, he already now becomes a nozer twice, as it were. It's just that since he needs to count 30 days of being a nozer, it won't help to be a nozer right now. But already now, he has the obligation to count two lots of 30 days. Since the nazirus is limited to 30 days, so he'll just count one after the other. And therefore, the second um, acceptance of being a nozer is also valid. So just to summarize, we've got three main differences between a nether and a shavua. Firstly, a shavua can be on something which is intangible, like an action, whereas a nether can't. So that's the stringency of a shavua. And the next two are stringencies of a nether over a shavua. And that is that a nether against a mitzvah is valid. And there is a specific type of nether which would work even if you say the same thing twice. And that is referring to a nozir. If somebody says a particular word or a particular phrase, which according to one explanation of that phrase, one way of translating and explaining that phrase, would mean that it is a valid neder, but one could also understand the exact same phrase in a different way, which would mean that it's not considered to be a neder. So logically, the fact that he is, at the end of the day, declaring something and accepting up something upon himself, we assume that he is making a shavua. So as long as we can see, as long as there is one understanding of the statement which he said, which would be a real shavua or a real neder, then indeed it would be valid. However, if he then explains, and he says that when I said that, I intended for the other understanding, so I'm not really obligated in the neder, in such a case he would be believed and the neder would not be valid, because we can also see that understanding from the exact same statement. In terms of the words, it doesn't imply one side more than the other. One can understand it in one of two ways equally. We only said that since we assume that he's accepting something in order to obligate himself, so we assume that he's making a neder, but if he himself explains and says that I did not intend to make a real neder, then we would go according to his own interpretation. So the Mishnah says, Stam nadarim, if in such a case of a neder, he doesn't explain what he meant, and it could mean one of two things, then lahachmer, we go stringently and we assume that he is making a neder, and say so he would be obligated, ufeirushom, but if he explains them, and afterwards he says that actually I meant the other understanding, lahakel, we go leniently in that case, and he's believed, and the neder would not be valid to obligate him. Kate said, what does that mean? What's the case? So for example, if Omar, somebody said, hare olai kibsar moliach, this particular food should be upon me like salted meat. The halacha is that all karbonos must be salted. So he could be referring to karbonos on this at the same time when people would worship offerings to Avodah Zarah, idolatry, they would also salt the meat. So if he intended to say that it should be like Avodah Zarah, then that's considered to be hat posa on a dover ha'asur. He's comparing it to something which is forbidden already. Avodah Zarah was not forbidden by a person designating it, and therefore the nether would not be valid. But if he's comparing it to Karbanos, then certainly it would be valid. And the same thing would be if he says it should be kayei nesech, like the wine which is used when they would pour it together with the korban. As the korban was being bought, they would also pour wine next to the mizbeach. But again, there would also be a similar practice for Avodah Zarah. So, if he intended, and indeed he said afterwards, that this was my intention, I was talking about salted meat of heaven, meaning carbonice, then Osir will be forbidden because the neder is valid, because he did that posa on a dover hanodur, the carbon. However, if he intended, and indeed he said that this was his intention, that he was referring to that of Avodah Zarah, then Mutter, the neder would be permitted because he did that posa on a dover ha'osur. But if it's not specified, he doesn't explain what he meant, then also he is forbidden. And this now is going to bring another few examples of the very similar law. 
If somebody says, Hare like a cherem, this item should be upon me like a cherem. Im kechem shal shomayim osur. If he intended and he said that this was an intention, he was talking about a cherem of shomayim, of heaven, of the Beis Hamikdash, then it's a dover ha'anodur. So osur will be forbidden. But if im kechem shal koyanim, if he was intending that it should be like the cherem of koyanim, there's another type of cherem where one can designate something to koyanim. And that becomes the property of koyanim. Now, though that is also designated by himself, so I would think that it's a Dover Hanodur, nevertheless, as soon as the Koyan gets it, it's no longer considered to be holy at all, and it's permitted for anybody to benefit from it, and therefore it's considered to be a Dover Hamutar, something which is totally permitted to benefit from, and so certainly Hatposa on that would not be valid. So Mutar would be permitted, with Stam Osur, if he doesn't specify what he meant, then it would be forbidden. What happens if he says something should be upon me, he's making a neder, and he says it should be Kamaiser. Like Meiser, Meiser refers to the various tithes which must be separated, and there are lots of types of Meiser. So the Mishra says, Im Meiser Nodar, if you made the neder intending to compare it to Meiser Behema, which is the obligation to give one in ten animals to be brought as a korban, so then the Hatapasa would be valid, Osur, Vim Shalgeiren, but if he was referring to the Meiser Rishain, which is a tenth of one's produce which is separated at the threshing floor, the goiren, so it's permitted to benefit from Mycerician. It's true that you have to give it to a levy, but once the levy has it, anyone is allowed to benefit from it, with the levy's permission, of course. And therefore it's considered to be a dover hamutar, something which is permitted to benefit from, and therefore hatposa would not work, and mutar, the nether, would be permitted, it wouldn't be valid. The stam also, but if it's unspecified, then he would be forbidden. On a similar note, if he says, this thing should be upon me like truma, so in kisrumas halishka nodar, if he is intending to compare it to the trumas halishka, which refers to the shkolim, a small amount of money which everybody had to designate to the Beis Hamikdash yearly, and that money went towards bringing karbanos. So again, that would be considered a dover hanodur. So also it would be forbidden, but if he was intending to compare it to the truma of the threshing floor, that which is separated from produce, we saw at the beginning of this peric that is considered to be a dovar ha'osur, and therefore it would not be valid hatpasa, so mutar, the neder would be f- permitted because he did not do a valid hatpasa. Vim stam, but again, if it's stam, if he does not specify what his intention was, then osur, it is forbidden. So all of this is the Rabbi Meir, that is the opinion of Rabbi Meir, Rabbi Yehuda Omer. But Rabbi Yehuda says, now Rabbi Yehuda agrees with the principle of Rabbi Meir, that if that which he says can imply one of two things, and it doesn't imply one more than the other, then we would believe him, and we would go according to his interpretation. And if he doesn't explain what he meant, then we would go stringently. However, as says Rabbi Yehuda, Stam Truma Bi Yehuda, if somebody says Truma without specifying which Truma he meant, then it won't help for him to explain later on. Rather, we say the halacha is that Asura, it is forbidden, because we assume that he's talking about the Truma of the Truma Salishka, referring to the Shkolim. Reason being that the Beis Hamikdash was in the area of Yehuda, so they were near to the Beis Hamikdash, and so when somebody mentioned Truma, they would be more likely to be referring to the Truma Salishka of the Beis Hamikdash. However, by Golil, if somebody states this in Golil, that's very far away from the Beis Hamikdash, and they barely recognize the concept of the Truma Salishka. So when they refer to Truma, they are far more likely to be referring to Truma of the Goiren that which is given to Kranim at the threshing floor, from one's produce, and therefore, that is how we would interpret his statement. Because the residents of Golil do not recognize, they're not familiar with the Truma Salishka.
Similarly, Stam Haromim. When it comes to Stam Haromim, if somebody says the word Chirem, that he's making a neder, that this thing should be like a Chirem, so be Yehuda Mutarin. In the area of Yehuda, it will be permitted because the residents of Yehuda were familiar with the concept of Chirem of Kayanim, and it was quite common among them to designate something as a Chirem for Kayanim, and therefore we assume that that was his intention, and that is what we hear in his words. Uvagolil, but if he says it in Golil, then Asurin it is forbidden, because we assume they are referring to the Chirem of Beis Hamikdosh, because the residents of Golil do not recognize and are not familiar with the concept of making a Chirem for Koyanim. Mishnah hey, this Mishnah takes what we learned in the previous Mishnah a step further. If somebody made a neder, and he said this item should be upon me like a Chirem. And then later on he claims that I only made a neder comparing it to a net in the sea. A net referring to a fisherman's net, and that's also called a cherem. So he says, when I said that this thing should be upon me like a cherem, what I meant to say was this should be like a fishing net. Meaning I wasn't making a nether. There has no significance and I should not be forbidden now. Or if he made a nether comparing it to a carbon, a carbon, and then Omar he said, I only made a nether, I only said what I said, comparing it to carbonis of kings. Carbon is also the name for a gift. A gift to a king. So he says that's what I meant. Or if he says Harry at me carbon, when he made the nay there, he said, I myself am like a carbon. Perhaps he was forbidding other people to benefit from him. And then Vomari said, when I said at me, as well as at me meaning myself, it can also mean my bone. Etzim is a bone. So he said that really what I did is I set aside a bone in my house, let's say, and the bone belongs to me, so it's my bone, and whenever I want to pretend to other people that I'm making a nether, I say, Harry, that's me carbon, my bone will be a carbon. They think that I'm saying, I myself will be a carbon, but really I'm just talking about my bone. Vomari says, I only talked in my nether about the bone which I, which I set aside in order to make an adarm on it. Next case, if he said, I make a nether against my wife benefiting from me. And then later on, says, I was only talking about my first wife who I divorced, not my current wife. So in all of these cases, although at the time of the nether, he was clearly trying to make other people think that he was making a nether. Nevertheless, since in terms of the actual words of the neder, we can just as well interpret it in the way that he is interpreting it, if he claims that's what he said, then indeed that's fine. We go with his interpretation. At the end of the day, the actual word means that just as much as it means a neder. And so I'll on all of these cases, they do not need to go to a tamad chacham to ask him to annul the vow. Rather, the vow never was valid, and the Gemara explains this is specifically referring to Talmidei Chachomim, to righteous people who anyway don't make Nadorim very often. So for them, we say that the nether is invalid. However, the next part of the Mishnah is talking about ignorant people who commonly do make Nadorim. If these people, Vimishalu, if they do come to a Talmud Chachom to ask for annulling the vow, and indeed they need to. When it comes to ignorant people, firstly, we punish them if they did violate that vow. We view it as being valid. There's a discussion as to what exactly the punishment is. According to some, he's put under ban by the Beistin. We are strict upon them that they need to annul it via a chacham. But until they do that, we view it as being a full neder. The Vermeer, that is the opinion of a mayor, and this is an order that they don't treat Nadorim lightly. 
However, say it's true that if they violated the neder before coming to a Talmud Chacham, then they are punished. However, when they do come to a Talmud Chacham to annul it, we do open an opening for them from another place, meaning we do allow them to annul their vow easily. According to Meir, even once they go to the Talmud Chacham to annul the vow, we don't allow them to do it so easily. We make sure they really regret it, etc. But according to the Chachamim, as soon as they come and explain the situation, we would annul the vow. But um, the Talmud Chacham should teach them and tell them off so that they do not treat Nadarim lightly.